0: Five Minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time, that's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Let's settle up now,
1: kids, cause here we go. Howdy, and welcome back to another episode of the Silverado Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minute hosts like Alice, Eric, and I... Examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan Directed Western, Silverado, one minute of screen time per episode. I am Curtis Blaze, co-host of the Time Bandits Minute, and my talented co-hosts on this podcast are Alice Lauren, comedian and podcast socialite on all of your favorite MXN podcasts, and Eric Schulte. Eric, is just this guy, you know? <laughs> Eric, you were saying that this handheld camera is disconcerting to you.
0: Okay, so just to call back really quick, when in minute 79, when they pop out of, when Stella and Brian Dennehy doing whatever questionable thing they're doing, first pop out of that bar, you can watch, and from second 22, the camera continues moving, still moving, still moving, still going kind of like back and forth, wiggling around still moving, like through almost the entire monologue of Brian Dennehy's story, that camera just goes back and forth, and the the scenery continues to move around behind him, then moving into, uh, then it starts panning, and so, all right, so we're panning to the left, actually this would be stage right, I guess, and we're zooming in, panning, and now we go to minute 80, which is where we want to be. And let's see if the terrible tracking continues. Yep, we're still going. We're still going. You're saying terrible tracking, but I just want to... This is one of,
1: the, one of the actual things about the film that I wanted to talk about. It's kind of one of the reasons that I'm glad we got these minutes. This shot right here, it isn't much. It isn't some big, flashy shot that is impressive and there's all kinds of... Uh, timing and stuff that needed to happen. But starting at second give me a second, starting at second twenty-one in that last minute, all the way through the end of eighty, and then probably longer, it is one continuous shot. They basically are putting on a play yeah. with these movies. Yeah. And what they're doing with the camera, you're you you're saying you find it kind of kind of odd. I'm saying that they are reframing the shot as they go without having to do any cuts, and I think that's just one of my favorite things that happens in movies they 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 turn they get they get rid of slick, they push in on Brian, yeah, so that he has this moment of of monologue, but then they pull back out and you see Kevin walking in the back and walking up it's It's one of my favorite shots
0: in the movie. Now that you say that, I think I can appreciate that because they do a really good job on the focus. They do a really good job keeping the, the composition, keeping the focus right where it needs to be. And uh the depth of field is managed really well, I think, in this particular long shot that you're talking about. So honestly, although I kind of critiqued it at first, uh, or criticized it at first, I think I can really see what you're saying. And I I I think, I think maybe I've kind of come around to your way of thinking, like, maybe I have a, a much deeper appreciation for this particular shot because of that. Because there really is, from a cinematography standpoint, there is really so much going on there. And there's so much that they really did get right in this scene. It's especially evident with the HD version. And that
1: actually does happen kind of a lot in this movie. I forget who the uh cinematographer is, but it is the, the the camera really is kind of part of the story in this movie. It it helps. Because here at second fifty or whatever, you know, you you're pushed in you're pushed into uh Brian Dennehy telling this story with uh Payden walking up behind him, and then the camera comes back with Payden at almost the same pace to get everybody back into thing so we're now so we're now out of that extremely personal uh moment with Brian Dennehy and we're back to being framed with all the people in the shot looking on and and seeing the end of his story
0: yeah they really did a good job how he kind of comes in from the background and the camera just sort of blends him in as it goes until he finally becomes part of the focal foreground of the shot i just that was really i i do i agree i think that was masterfully done and and i do think you're right about the camera the cinematography being especially good the 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 script and the story and the plot may have been on par with you know some some soft core pornos that I watched in the eighties, <laughs> but the shooting, the cinematography and the music in this movie was excellent. I mean it's almost worth watching the the movie alone just that you know. I mean what do you think, Alice? What did you what did you what did you feel like were kind of standout parts of the film for you?
2: Whole film, I mean the horses, of course, um, the. I would say, I mean, oh my god, not, after, not to now you're making me remember the film on its own podcast. Um <laughs> I,
1: I accused Alice at kind of in an earlier minute when we were when we were podcasting together of being boy crazy. But really I've come to
0: learn that what she really is
1: through this movie is horse crazy. A true horse girl.
0: And so by transitive theory, anything you put on a horse you can get like like you could say Hey Alice, you know how do you feel about key lime pie? And she might be like, "Oh God, I hate key lime pie." And you're like, "What if we put it on a horse?" Ooh! All right, so that works. That works. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> I have an odd sort of respect for that. Actually, I think that's I think that's actually kind of admirable. I, I as it happens, I don't like key, key lime pie. That's why I, that's why I brought it up. Oh my wife. Oh. Pfft my wife does she would eat key lime pie over any other kind of lime i guess that's the only kind of i don't know why they call it key lime pie but yeah she's, <laughs> she she's wants a to eat guy. a
2: lime just rip open a lime with her
0: bare Dude, hands and eat it. i she's insane i don't know why she likes that pie so much but yes, yes. my my wife is a huge 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 proponent of key lime pie
2: you know what I, I, I did like about the film, I guess? Since, like, I mean, as much as I'd love to talk about Pi, I I just, I remember this, and I talked about this in earlier minutes, but even having Mal as this black cowboy, you know, it's 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 interesting because if we made this film now, obviously we would make this film more horse. <laughs> but if, if we made this film now, people would think, like, oh, you know, what a woke you know, thing, oh, they put more, I think, I think that's even what you were, you know, trying to say about, like, or not that you were trying to say, but you were talking about diversity, I, I remembered this as well, this, oh, this is a diversity pick, this is, you know, okay, you just have oh, to course, have.
1: of course, they have to have the black guy. Yeah, of course yeah. they have to have
2: the black guy, and they were so cool with him, they saved him, you know, earlier on, you know, when he was, he was in, in some, some danger at that bar, and. I just, I mean, that's that—that's amazing to me. They're like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, you're just another guy. We're going to save you. You're cool. You're great with us. Great. Yeah. You know, and that would have been, like, the 2022 diversity pick, which is insane because, like... The-
1: I, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I've noticed that in just a bunch of movies, especially in modern, modern times, where they'll, they'll make a movie and then, not to get too political, but there are certain people that'll just be, like, resentful... Of the fact that they just don't have a white male in that role or whatever. But then you go back and being a a cinemaphile as I am, I'm going back and I'm watching movies, you know, and it's like, you know, Al Pacino was in a movie called Dog Day Afternoon where he was robbing a bank so his boyfriend could get surgery to become a girl.
2: And when was this movie? Because I I heard about that. I heard obviously about the Like
1: 1970, whatever, three.
2: yeah. I heard about the you know the, the case everything and then that's where Dog Day Afternoon came from. But yeah, I mean, man, that is progressive. I feel like for I mean for now too, but for the seventies, yeah. Right,
1: and if you did that now, people would just you know they, I, not all people. I, I I don't know. I don't want this to just be uh, about bashing one people, someone who's has who has a particular kind of politics, but in modern. In discussion of modern movies, there are a group of people that are always talking about how bad it is that we're replacing all the white people, all the white males, with like, oh, you know, this is a black person now, or a or a person of color now. This is a a trans person now, you know, and and getting mad about that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And really, it's this seems... is
2: not how blazing Sa- blazing Saddles went, you know, total totally
1: different western, yeah. And that kind of stuff's been going on just you know for for decades
0: yeah I mean, even I thought they kind of miscast Danny Glover for that role. I would have liked to have seen Prince play Malachi <laughs> okay, now I've got that in my head. just kind of that sexy sassy little little prince attitude, you know with a little rifle yeah i would i would really I would really love to see that, but you know Danny Glover did a good job. I mean for all we know, Prince didn't even audition. I don't know. For all, for all we know prince didn't even
1: for all we know prince did audition
0: oh my god yeah he, he could have i mean or he, you know he might have had other contracts he could have been touring at the time like oh sorry i can't do it they're like oh shit all right well we'll call danny he's always good for us.
1: imagine we live in a world then that, that since 1975 19 year old prince has been trying out for every movie that's out there and he just never got cast all the lost performances we could have had.
0: And I love Danny Glover. I do. But I have to admit, it kind of seems like he took his um what the hell that movie, what's what's that series of movies he's always in with Mel Gibson? Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. He's always playing the same like Lethal Weapon like man, I'm getting too over this shit kind of character. Like even even as <laughs> even as like Malachi, he like his dad got shot and he just had this face like I'm getting too over this shit. Ugh. And like they beat him up and he's like I'm getting too over this and, like, he's shooting people on top of this church, and he's like, man, I'm getting too old for this shit. I'm like, that's all I can see is Glover's lethal weapon character over and over again. You're waiting for that
1: line. And here's the crazy part. When he uttered the actual line, man, I'm getting too old for this shit, he was 42. <laughs> God. Which is funny, because in the current in the current company... There's one person going, man, he was really old, and then there's two of us going, he was a child. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. Going to play Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was good. But he, but they all did a good job. I think I think it was really it was a very star-studded cast. I think they did an excellent job, and I can easily see why people say, Kurt, I think you're the one that told me that this played a, a a foundation part in kind of revitalizing the western genre in contemporary cinema, and I really can see why.
1: Oh yeah, there was just. There was nothing. Cowboys were so dead. It was so played out. It was just every single cowboy movie was just the Duke. And nobody wanted to make movies that weren't like the Duke. But it was so old and people our age, you know. And and it's kind of us, Generation X, that's responsible for just not caring about cowboy movies anymore. Because by the time this thing came out, it was just like, oh, these are just awful.
0: Yeah. Uh, and and uh, and in in, in true cinematographic critiquing fashion, I'll point out. Uh, I want to point out something that I think I noticed. I'm going to have to check this. I'm going to have to check this. But this is a minute eighty comment, so it's valid. In second fifty four of minute eighty, if you look at Brian Dennehy as he holds his whiskey glass directly under his glass, you can see the buttons of his waistcoat, which are the same buttons. But later in the penultimate scene, the preclimactic scene where he's about to face off with Kevin Klein, I seem to have noticed that that button had gotten torn off and replaced with a, just a plain black button for some reason, like that he may have actually busted a button on the vest and like costuming had to fix it quick and then send it back out there. And I'm I'm going to have to look this up, but I, I seem to have been, I was kind of just like zooming along with the movie, just kind of doing my thing. And suddenly I thought, wait a minute, was it, was his button different? On the top of his on the top of his vest? That was weird. So any any fans of this movie that really want to dig into it, see if you can see if you can figure out if Brian Dennehy actually uh popped a button on his vest. Because there's there's some there's some speculation to suggest that he did. That there was a a wardrobe malfunction. We will do
1: that. I am actually going in a different direction, Minute eighty related, but also just kind of related to everything in general. All right. I want both of you to imagine taking a shot of whiskey, okay? You both you both held shot hand shot glasses in your hands, and you and you've taken a shot of something in your life, right? Both of you. Oh yeah. Okay. So just imagine imagine that shot glass in your hand, okay? And you you've got it, and how you're holding it, and just kind of describe Eric. Let's start with Eric. Describe to me how you're holding that shot glass. Like how do you hold a shot glass?
0: I hold a shot glass in a manner that suggests that I'm being Uh, compelled to take this shot, and under no circumstances would I normally do this under my own uh, devices. Okay, but actually, what I'm actually getting at is, like,
1: describe the, like, your finger placement, like, how that works.
0: Oh, um, let's see. Uh, I think...
1: We're taking a shot... Yeah,
0: I think, generally speaking... I'll give I'll just, I'll give you an
1: example. When I'm doing it, I'm holding the shot with my thumb and, like, my middle finger,
0: right yeah like the fingertips like i don't clench it i don't i don't i don't i don't treat it like a coffee mug i'm just like i've just got it at my fingertips because because the more hand contact you make with the shot glass the more awkward it is to rotate the glass because with your fingers, you can just manipulate your fingers and you rotate the shot glass. The shot glass spins on its axis with just the deft manipulation of a couple of fingers. If you're if you're holding it monkey's paw style like Brian Dennehy is in this shot, then you've got to rotate your entire wrist to, like, dump that thing into your maw. Okay, right. And
1: Alice, probably about the same thing?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, the two fingers, three fingers, whatever, yeah, the thumb. Yeah, pretty so delicate. Th-
1: so this is one of the kind of the things that always stands out to me in movies, and now I can't ever not see it. How tiny! Look, look at the size of the shot glass in Brian Dennehy's hands, right? How how tiny must he be for a shot glass to be that big compared to him?
0: Oh, I think they gave him a bigger shot glass. I think I think it's like Tom Cruise. Oh, it's like Tom Cruise in the platform shoes. They're like, cut, cut, Brian, Brian. Hands are too small. Can we get Can we get Brian a bigger shot glass? Can somebody give him a bigger shot glass? Like a twelve ounce. Okay, we got it coming. Brian, we're going to retake in just a minute. Hold on. Yeah, Brian. It's just <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, he would look ridiculous. If it was so so dainty, so little. You know, he, he, he can't look feminine.
1: Yeah, he looks like him holding a shot glass makes me think of like a second grader holding a shot glass.
0: Yeah, it's like the Ryan Reynolds joke from, uh, you know, Deadpool, when he gets his hand cut off, and then he's only got, like, a little baby's hand or whatever, and then he makes the joke to the blind person. <laughs> yeah, you remember the one I'm talking about. But, yeah, so that's, that's Brian. Maybe they call him, like, Small Hands Denahi. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to speak ill of the guy. He's dead, but...
2: He's holding, like, he's holding, like, a regular glass of whiskey. Like, is that even... A shot glass. I mean, I know it's like weird to be like is it a shot glass. Like, like a juice a
0: glass, yeah. regular
2: but small juice glass. Exactly.
1: Like a juice glass. Yeah, yeah. A juice glass of whiskey. Actually, you know, he is part owner of the saloon. Or yeah, he's partners with uh with Stella. So maybe he does just get the juice glass. Maybe that's just a discussion they had in the past. Like, look, Stella, <laughs> we can screw around with the shot glasses all night long, but we know what's going on here. Just give me the juice glasses. <laughs> Yeah. When you pour me whiskey, I get the juice glass.
0: (laughs) Wow. I didn't, well, yeah, I don't, I won't get into that, but I just, I just noticed in the last scene that Brian Dennehy is polishing his sheriff's badge and he kind of huffs on it and his breath is literally, you can see his breath. So it's interesting that they're portraying it like it's this blazing hot, you know, Arizona desert, but it's got to be like 40 degrees. <laughs> Those guys got to be like freezing. Well, de- now,
1: now just wait a minute. What, what scene do you see him is, are you talking about in minute 79?
0: No, no, no. Sorry. I'm just saying this, this is out of, this is out of scope for this podcast. It was just at the last scene. Oh, okay. I was, and I was just like, wow, they just can't figure out like what temperature it is here or what, what biome they're in. Well, actually that, that explains something. If you do
1: literally, and you're not making a joke, you're not doing a bit, uh-huh. you do actually see his breath. You're you're saying you do actually see his yep. breath? Well, then that makes the whole movie make sense to me because they are just wearing winter clothes, like all through the whole movie they've got like buttoned up wool yeah. coats and seven layers of crap and fur lined everything else. And so maybe maybe it is cold here and it's not 106 degrees. And it's and it's not just an aesthetic. Maybe they really are just staying warm. That's that's and that's what's going on. They're up in the mountains of of New Mexico.
0: Yeah, that could it could be, and and man, it may it may just be that the that the uh, the weather is just that weird, because it it really does seem like like they just cannot get a grip on the weather, like the the, the coats. Well, the I've purr. I've hit some
1: I've hit some hella snowstorms in New Mexico while driving through.
0: Well, I mean that's legit.
1: Just I mean just blizzards, just you know, like almost having to like pull off the road kind of snowstorms. Wow.
0: All right. Well, then it, it certainly does make sense. But they they certainly have put the actors in costuming that suggests different climate <laughs> environments than than are what are clearly <laughs> evident by other uh, other environmental factors. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, and then that's really well, it. Minute eighty just kind of finishes up with uh, as we said, Kevin coming into the shot and Brian. Finishing it up, And it's kind of funny that they make it this awkward, kind of like, oh, uh, I was just talking about you, but now I'm going to act like I'm not awkward about that at all. And just be like, yeah, I was just talking about you. What are you going to do about it? Like, it's a very high school cheerleader thing to do.
1: Well, yeah. Kevin comes up with uh, a, a, a pal, Padawan? Uh, Peyton. Uh, Peyton yeah. comes up with a uh, with a look on his face like he's extremely angry about it. And he's caught someone talking about him. But then later on, like in the next minute, we'll probably see that he knows it's happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, he almost has like this weird Robin Williams swagger, as though he's about to say yeah. him, something that Mork from Ork would say. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it for for anybody that hasn't uh, watched the eighty first minute of this movie yet. No spoilers. Although we've already said everybody who died in this movie, so I don't know how we can cap spoilers at this point. <laughs> I think that's a
1: perfect ending for a minute, andy. Unless Alice, you've got something to add?
2: I mean, I think just you know, after not seeing this movie in a while, and just kind of seeing you know the whoever you said Padawan, we'll call him Padawan. It's fine. Coming <laughs> coming from the from, from the background, and I was. i couldn't remember that he was coming up so i was like oh there's just some random guy just coming through the door in the back like hey i'm gonna hit up the saloon i just you know oh oh that that extra what's he gonna do and then he comes up and i'm like okay all right i was like let me look at the extras in the back oh no 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 he's part of the scene
1: Hey guys, thanks for listening. The Silverado Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or at the main site, SilveradoMinute.com. The Silverado Minute can also be found on social media. It's on Facebook at The Midnight Star, The Silverado Minute Listener Saloon, and on Twitter at SilveradoMXM. There are literally hundreds of Movies by Minutes podcasts available at MoviesByMinutes.com. If it's a movie you love, it's either there or it's waiting for you to put it there. Join us next week for Minute 81 where you'll hear Peyton say,
2: "Well, thanks, but forget it." <laughs>